Welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast, sponsored by Sub70 Golf. Sub70 Golf is the number one direct-to-consumer golf equipment company based out of Sycamore, Illinois. By cutting out middlemen and unnecessary overhead, Sub70 products are roughly half the cost of other OEMs. Everything is custom-built, and they typically have one- to two-week turnaround times. With a full equipment line from driver through putter and options for everyone, go check out Sub70 Golf at GolfSub70.com. All right, folks, welcome back to another edition. As always, we got the big man in the house. How are we doing there, Big Rob? Good. How are yourself, Tom? Good, good, man. Uh, we did not have any golf on this week, Rob. But we did. What we did have on, Rob, was <laughs> my Wolverines taking it to the Ohio State. Did you catch any of that game? Yeah, I was uh, actually up in Wisconsin for a family party, and we we're at um, uh, it was at the Abbey Yacht Club, and they had them on. The, it was on the TVs at the bar, and we're all sitting there just in like disbelief of how Ohio State got manhandled for the second half. That was nuts, absolutely nuts, absolutely manhandled. That's a great word. I love that word. Uh, I mean, the, what the two picks uh, in the second half? I saw, I believe, and it was just it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean the the first half was was close. I thought Ohio State might start to run away with it, and then obviously Michigan had those two long, you know, wide open touchdowns, and I think that's kind of what what changed the momentum. And then to your point, Ohio State didn't do shit in the second half. Yeah, uh, outscored I think twenty three, but yeah, I mean that's the whole reason I don't bet Rob. I mean, I was just going to ask. I, I remember you don't. Yeah. I mean, no, I no faith. I mean, granted, JJ McCarthy hasn't looked that good all year. Uh, that was obviously his his best game to date. And that's the reason, you know, we went after him. The guy's going to be a stud, but um, he played great. Obviously, the, the the coaches made nice adjustments on, on their weapons. It looked like Ohio State didn't make an adjustment in the second half, which was great. Um, but yeah, now, now it's on to the, the Big Ten championship. And and how about your uh your Irish? Well, they're, are they playing they're playing Purdue this weekend? Is that what it yeah. is? Um and then what I also see, what the your the one quarterback is getting uh going in a transfer portal I saw today. Yeah, I mean, there's always a guy leaving Michigan for the transfer portal, uh, you know, unhappy with Harbaugh or, or the system. Portals. Sure. But, yeah. Um I think we're gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> What about your fight? What about your fighting Irish? Oh God. I was texting back and forth with Vince all night, sitting there watching it. I mean, the only good part was I was sitting next to my tree watching it with the lights on. Um, yeah, it was the defense just looked terrible. I mean, the way um sure, they sure did. Oh, just the just <laughs> the, the missed tackles, the what should have been sacks ended up not being sacks, and you know, the the yards gained from that. It was just I texted I texted Vince on the one place. I said, "Man, this is the most embarrassing run I think I've seen." You know, watching them, it was just absolutely terrible. I have to agree. I hate to see it, Rob. I hate. To see it. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish yeah, they okay. were better. Uh huh. Yeah, wish they were better. Um, so eight and four for the or yeah, eight and four right for the season. The Irish were they? I believe. No, I don't think so. I think they Seven were five. Yeah, I. The last time I looked, I think they were what five and three. So that was three games. Yeah, maybe seven and five. Maybe eight and four. I don't know. They stink though, Rob. Uh, <laughs> hopefully next year. Oh, um, there's always next year, right? Yeah, always next year. Um who 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 would have thought, you know, um, after Brian Kelly leaves. I thought he was the disease there, but apparently 
Apparently not. I don't know. I mean, LSU got lost this past weekend too, didn't they? This is true. They yeah. sure did. Um, in in some other golf news, though, Cam Smith won the Australian PGA Championship. That was yeah. the only event going on. Yeah, uh, Cam Smith was, you know, the, the, obviously the highest ranked player in that field. He he should have won. Um, yeah, so. but it's always. I mean, he's playing at home. It's always hard. You know, there's a lot of pressure with that. Um, yeah, but I the, the you know, obviously being over there, we caught, you know, you fought early in the morning, you saw the results and stuff like that. But um, I thought Twitter, golf Twitter was hilarious about it with like the live comments and the comparisons and PGA. Yeah. And it was in full force this weekend about it. It it sure was. There's There's been a lot of, you know, and that's probably why, because there's no event going on. So golf Twitter has just been bananas, obviously. You have the sad news of Tiger withdrawn from the the hero. Um, yeah, it does suck. Yeah, sucks big time. And then his presser. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good today. Yeah. <clears throat> um, more importantly, he he's on the same. You know, he's on the same uh, idea of Rory, and he wants sure. Greg gone before. You know, before there's ever a talk with Liv. So it seems like that's a common theme. Um, but I did like his more. comment. I like this comment about I could hit any shot you asked me to. I just can't walk. I can't walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was also interesting his his view on um, OWGR. Yeah. He kind of sides with Rom opposed to Rory. Um, he thinks the system's flawed. Mm-hmm. He thinks that they're probably going to revamp that. They've already done it once. He said. He said it could be done again. So. Um, it's nice to see him back in the picture and, and doing pressers and stuff like that, but it also blows that he withdraws from the hero with what uh plantar fasciitis or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's sad news, but um yeah, I mean there there's a lot going on. Live in, in PJ Tour, obviously still going back and forth. Um you see that uh Liv is opening up their uh their their season at Mayakoba. I did. <laughs> oh yeah um i mean everything they do it, it's obviously pretty scripted and targeted like to cause some type of controversy sure and they just stir the pot well i think i think norman wants chaos a little bit oh he lives in chaos yeah um yeah it's just it's funny that nobody likes the guy and i mean investors have to realize especially now you know tiger says it Rory says it. They have to be sitting there like, all right, get this guy the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, potentially maybe we could have a, a sit down with PJ Tour. Other than that, Rob. Um, how was your uh Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. It was really good. Uh great food. You know, I think I went through three, four rounds. I sent you a picture of Yeah, you said I was uh that your first plate I was pretty jealous about because we weren't eating until later in the day. So. Yeah, we always we always start at my sister's pretty early. Um, for the noon game, um, her her husband does a hell of a job uh, cooking. Food was phenomenal, and then you know had two three rounds that day. Sent you the the Thanksgiving Day sandwich the next oh, yeah. day. Oh yeah, um, you sent me yours that night. Um, I, I I made that too quick. I made it. I ate that too soon. I had to be rolled out of Shane and Aaron's house. It was terrible. Really. Oh God! I Shane was like, "You're making your sandwich already." I was like, "Yeah, I've been waiting for this thing all year. I can't wait. I fucking right. make it and I inhale it, and then I sit there and like, 
I felt like I was getting, you know, the meat sweats from the turkey, just so much food. Like I'm just like sitting there uncomfortable as hell. I was so mad at myself. Oh yeah. The next day I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then Katie decides to eat the leftovers on Friday, which why I'm outside putting all the Christmas decorations up. And that was awesome. I didn't get to make a sandwich on Friday. Yeah. When you, when you texted me back that I was like, man, big Rob's got to be hot right now. I was pissed. Oh, uh, did you, did you let her know about it? Uh, obviously no, I, you know, as as marriages go, you want to, uh, you know, keep some stuff to yourself so that later, you know, especially with golf, you know, coming back back around the corner, you don't want to, you got to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, exactly. You want to, you know, (laughs) so there was, uh, no, there was, uh, plans like, you know, I'm sitting there Saturday night with cousins sitting there talking about making, you know, the golf trip plans already for this summer coming up. So stuff like that makes me, uh, you know, just keep my mouth shut and just move on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I hear that. Um, did you have a, a bowl of cereal or something instead? What did I have? Uh, I'm on a big, uh, was that beer naked? Uh, the granola, that peanut butter granola, big cake okay. on that now okay. with a little bit of milk. So yeah, that's what I had. All right. All right. Um, Rob, I went to home Depot on Wednesday. Black okay. Wednesday. So my strategy over the last couple of years is because we're, we're real tree people. We've, I, like, that's just the way I, I was raised. No, I, I, I continue that tradition. So my strategy, cause I don't like being late to the game. So sure. my strategy the last couple of years is I usually go get the tree on black Wednesday. Okay. And then, you know, I put it in the stand, but it's got to kind of unfold. And that takes a couple of days before you can put the lights and the decorations on. Um, so I went and did that Wednesday. Um, but I'm all, I'm only off Wednesday, Thursday. So right. my tree has been sitting in the uh, dining room, just bare naked because my wife and I have a tradition where we, we decorate it together. And then obviously with the, the addition of Lily, sure. you know, we want to get hair involved. So there was no way about it. Like I couldn't just do it during the day by myself, which I really wanted to, sure. but I got to wait for the family. So tomorrow is the big day, but what I wanted to talk about is how badly I got absolutely banged <laughs> at Home Depot. Um, every year I go in there and in in and shout out Home Depot because for all of you, Do you guys, always buy it from Home Depot. Or so you just, don't go to like the corners, just, like the lots. So I was going to say it's a little hidden secret. I used to do that, but you get pretty banged at those places because um, they're like specialty places. Sure, and, and maybe Depot has raised their prices over the years because I've noticed it. it gets higher each year, but I'm telling you like four or five years ago, you know, you'd be able to get a nice, you know, six footer for like 48 bucks, 50 bucks. Okay. Anyways, usually it's around like 60, 65, but every year I always forget which tree I get, whether it's a Douglas fir or a Fraser fir or what. And I literally had like 35 minutes and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go run, grab it, park in the fire lane, jump out, grab the tree, Rob, I get up to the register. The lady's like 174. I said, excuse me. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, these are usually like 65, 70 bucks. She's like, um, no. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, well, it is a nine to 10 footer. <laughs> I usually get a six to eight footer. And then I'm like, well, that is a Fraser fur. I believe I get a Douglas fur. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'll just take it. So, sure. so my truck went home, threw it in the backyard, you know, for the night. You know, uh, undid it on, on on Thanksgiving, put it in the stand, had to trim off uh, a little bit of the, the, the top because it's a monster. Really? 
Oh yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely massive. Um, so I won't. Yeah, but you got high ceilings in your in your literal. Yeah, boy. but it's got to be towards in the, the window. And obviously, okay, the yeah, yeah, ceiling yeah. gets a little bit shorter as it goes down. So um, I noticed it was a Fraser fir. I, I'm almost positive we get a Douglas fir, which is a little bit more like fatter. This okay. one's kind of more. It's a it's a nice tree, but it's it's more like elongated and it, it it hasn't folded out as much as I thought it would. Okay. Uh, anyhow, so yeah, you guys it. ever you guys ever ever go cut your tree? Go cut your own tree? No, um, not I mean, not into that. Yeah, I thought about it. Maybe when Lily, I was gonna say a little, a little bit older. Yeah, when maybe when they're older, that would be something cool to do. Um, I try to stay away from like the apple picking, the the pumpkin <laughs> patches, the, the eating down the tree, all those ridiculous activities. I just try to stay away from. Sure. No, yeah. But to your point, I think it would be pretty cool to do when the the kids are a little bit older. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Everything else, I saw you got your lights up. Your house looks great. Yeah, I went to uh, I go to Home Depot three times on Friday, so that's always awesome when you, <laughs> when you when you run out of stuff or you forget something. Like, I had to go get a new extension cord, I had to get another strand of candy canes. It was uh, it was funny, but yeah, Friday there was insane. People were like fighting over each other for stuff. It was just I was I don't know what I was thinking. I should have done what you did and got everything prior to. But yeah, yeah, everything's up. It was funny. I was laughing because I got it up Friday. And I've, I've mentioned before, but, you know, in the call of the there's two other dads and they, you know, it's a, not a competition, but it is a competition. You're full of shit if you don't think it's a competition. Right. Right. So the the one buddy, he pulls in and it's like, what, four o'clock and it, it gets darker now. And he's like, and I and I have everything on a timer. So it oh, like yeah. turned on at four. I was like, me and Noam were out there because he helped me with the candy. The candy canes were going nuts. And he's like, motherfucker. So he goes. I go pick up food from the patio for dinner. And so I get back at like 530 when it's dark as hell. Yeah. He's up on the roof putting <laughs> up the lights. I'm like, you're nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. And this, it's like, because we don't have any, we don't have street lights. Like we right, got, right. we have one like far away. So wow. everything is dark as hell. He's up there by himself. I, I'm like, do you need me to hold a flashlight for you? But yeah, so that's always fun. It's, it was uh, so everybody's got their stuff up in the in the cul-de-sac, pretty much. So very nice. The candy cane, the candy canes was a, a great addition. Also, the patio is fire. And number three, I've been in that guy's position before with a headlamp on my head. I'm on the roof. <laughs> it is not fun, but it's you know sometimes you just got to get it done. Yeah, and, that's what he said. He's like, and, I want to get it done. And the competition of the neighbors will make you get it done. Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't so, want to be the only one not having his lights on. I get it. Yeah. Speaking of that actually reminds me, um, I've been trying to get into a theme here with the fam on Christmas movies and I just been dying to watch, uh, national lampoons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this is a text you? going back at Clark, uh, Clark. I've been dying laughing like, uh, Griswold, get out there and finish your, your, uh, lights. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, a top three Christmas movie for sure. Um, she did watch home alone the other day. She watched like half of it. And I was surprised because it's not like animated or anything. Right. Yeah. So she she seemed to dig that. But um, in other news, Rob, we had our very own Kyle McKaitis on uh, yep. an interview on Wednesday as well. Um, for those that don't know, Kyle, local player, very good player, scratch player, uh, pl- plays in a lot of the the state am and other um, you know big events. 
you know, was a member at Calumet for a while. Um, anyhow, he played in the uh, U.S. Mid-Am qualifier at Flossmoor. He won that in a 5-for-1 playoff, then went and played in the U.S. Mid-Am at Aaron Hills. It was awesome. I mean, Kyle walked us through his, his entire, you know, experience, you know, kind of his mindset, you know, what he learned from it, et cetera. Um, so actually, we'll just dive right into that right now, Rob. Okay, sounds good. All right, folks, welcome back. We are joined by our very own Mr. Kyle Makaitis. Kyle, how are we doing? <laughs> I'm good, Tom. We're in, man. Good, good. For those listening, Kyle, though, recently just played in the U.S. Mid-Am at Aaron Hills. Um, but prior to that, qualified at Flossmore in a 5 for one playoff. So we're going to start there. So did you know where you were at, say... On 17T, did you know, hey, I, I have to come in at par on 18 to get in this playoff or potentially win it? Or did you know where you were positioned at? No, no. Um, I never looked that day. Like, I, I'm not superstitious, superstitious about it all. Like, you know, sometimes I'll look just on that particular day. I wasn't looking, didn't want to know because um, I think I made, I made the turn. I made the turn at three and then at birdie 10, my 10th, which was the first. So I was four under through 10 at Flossmoor. I, I figured I was, you know, probably in the running. Right. So the rest of the way in, I just wanted to play well. Um, I think I was at, I shot 70. So I was at three through 17, made a good par on the eighth and then hit a terrible drive on nine, ended up bogey in 18. Um, didn't know where I was at, finished at two. And as I was walking off the course, I think then I looked, but I, 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 if I remember correctly, I was the first round out. So I, I had finished pretty early. Yeah. Um, so I knew two was a good round. Um, and then it was, I think I had to hold on for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours or something, you know, to, to figure out that I was actually in. Right. Um, so no, never looked at it. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now everybody finishes up, right? And the five for one is happening. Uh, you guys, I'm assuming, played 18 again? No. So we went to, what is it? So 18, 18 is, a, yeah, 18 is a par five coming into the clubhouse. So we went to 17. Okay. 17, the hard par four, dog leg right up the hill. You got the water, you know, probably like 300 out. Right. Um, and then up the hill. So we played 17, 18, um, started on 17. Right. Was, but was it one and done or was it aggregate of 17, 18? So I think it's actually single elimination. There was five of us. Uh, there was a double in the group at six. So he was, I guess, immediately out. Uh, then two bogeys and two pars. Okay. So I didn't know actually what would happen. I was one of the pars on the first hole. So I carried on. I didn't know what to expect going into the next D. I thought it just reset. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I figured now all four of us were still playing for that final spot. But as I walked onto the 18th tee, um, they said, you know, Kyle, you and uh, Andrew, you guys are playing for the, you know, the one spot and the first alternate and then you other two uh Kyler and I, I forget the other guy's name you guys are playing for a second alternate so after getting through the f the first playoff hole immediately now it was just you know 50 percent chance either I, I got the spot or not right yeah so you're you're pretty much 
not guaranteed a spot, but you're you're somewhat already in. Uh, at least got an alternate spot. Right. Which did that take any pressure off you going into 18? It, it just flipped a switch, I think. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, walking up, so and just to reverse, like it was just the two of us that parred, but I knew only one guy was eliminated. So I knew I parred. I thought maybe I would be, you know, first on the T or second on the T, but I thought all of us were in it. And then they said that and it was like, okay, like that's comforting knowing that we've got one of the two. Right. right. But now, and then almost immediately it was like, all right, now like you, you want that spot, go get that spot. You like, you got to play this guy heads up for the spot. Go get it. Like, let's go. Right. So it was just you and him on 18. Pretty much. But uh, obviously the other two in the group are playing for second alternate. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. All four of us were playing the hold up. Who tees off first? Uh, I believe I did. Yeah. I think I, I, uh, uh, I believe I did. I teed off before the guy I was playing against, Okay, you know, just for that one spot. Sure. So 18, you know, what's the worst thing you can do on 18? Hit it left OB. Like, yeah. like that's the worst thing that you can do. Um, in regulation, I played it right of the bunkers, like in the rough, you know, hit it up on the green or just short of the green chipped up and down. Same thing on this tee shot. It was like, all right, you can't be out of bounds left. Um, it was just about to start to rain. So I was like, all right, aiming at the bunkers, you hit it straight, you know, that's okay. If you pull it left, you're in the fairway, you push it right. You were over there earlier. You know what you have, you know, that's fine. So I did that. Um, he did the same thing after he pulled it. He was left-handed. He pulled it a little bit further than me and was maybe like 10 yards ahead of me. So now we're going second shot into 18. It was like 235 away in the rough. He's left-handed. I'm comfortable cutting the ball out of the rough. So um, 235 away, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a flyer lie. I could like nuke, you know, or hit a three iron pretty good here. Yeah. And if it launches high and doesn't spin, like I could cover that front bunker. The the bunker run it was at 18 at Flossmoor's um front left. So just over the bunkers. Yeah. Um hit the best three iron of my life. Um landed just over the bunker. It was maybe a little bit softer that day than it normally would be at Flossmoor. Yeah. I thought it rolled off the back of the green. I got up there, it was 12 feet down the hill for eagle um but he was he was a great player i just i thought i I thought i was in a pretty good position on that particular shot yeah um because i knew he was gonna have to like he was gonna have to try to hook the ball a little bit out of the wet grass you know from 230 yards away i was like i don't know if that's gonna come out too great and of course he had a great shot but it was short of the green he tipped up he had like seven feet for birdie. I had 12 feet for eagle. I nuzzled that thing down there. Like didn't want to roll it by, like probably wasn't trying to make it right, like, right, right. with any sort of pace. Like just hoping I caught the right line and speed. Um, I had like 18 inches left. He rolled his birdie putt past um, from seven feet to, I don't know, probably like four and a half feet past. And then miss a comebacker for par. Oh, so, so I had like, I, yeah. So at that point, I had like 18 inches, you know, for birdie. I could two putt, 
Yeah. Zen. But, and I'll never forget to, um, the guy I was standing next to, his name was Kyler. Um, but like when Andrew rolled his par putt past, you know, and I only had, you know, basically a tap in, like I couldn't, I couldn't believe he three putted from seven feet. Yeah. But like when he rolled it past and I realized like he was in for bogey and I just had a two putt from there, I was like, just in shock. Yeah. I was like, and I like looked to my left and this guy, Kyler, who I'd never met before. He like looked at me and just goes, you got it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, do I, I was like, I got it. He's like, you're not going to three putt. I was like, it's true. <laughs> like I'm not, I mean, that feeling alone right there had to be, um, to your point, we, we talked about this earlier, you know, some type of validation of, of where your game, you know, has gone. Um, I know you've put in a ton of work over the last couple of years, you know, you've been playing what competitively for a little over 10 years, would you say? Yeah. Uh, I, so I started playing, I think we talked about this Nimaga events in 2012. Yeah. You know, so 10, yeah, 10 years, this would be like the 10th year of competing after high school. Like I played in high school, not yeah. in college. And then probably three years after college, you know, started playing again. Right. Right. So I'm assuming, you know, that, that sense of relief. Okay. I, I just gotta, I just gotta tap this in, which I'm sure you did. Um, and then pulling the ball out of the hole, did it hit you right there or did it take a minute? And then, you know, maybe when you were alone by yourself in the car, were you just like, holy shit. Oh God, no. So it hit me probably, you know, four seconds after I pulled the ball out of the, the hole or maybe, maybe 30 seconds. I don't know. Cause I went to walk off the green, started pouring rain. Yeah. And I was the first one there. So I was one of the first tee times. I was the first one there. Uh, at that point, you know, uh, when I ended up leaving after like taking pictures, you know, for CDGA and stuff, I was the last car out of the lot. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. So like when I left there and when I got in the car and like, it's pouring, like I ran to my car, got all my stuff and I'm soaking wet. I'm just in there like, ah! did, you start, <laughs> did you start screaming at all? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, it, like I gave my, like, as I left, I gave myself like, you know, a solid like opportunity to like, let some relief out in the bathroom, like right afterwards, like just walked in there, kind of like threw some water on my face and was just like, holy shit. Like, right. all right. Like finally did it. And, and, and to your point about like the game, like I thought I, I didn't, I didn't think I threw it away. I just, I knew I, I should have shot probably or could have shot, you know, five under. So it wasn't like my best round that got me through, which right. is encouraging. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you were talking about it earlier, like, you know, it, the the point where you got to to win a five for one to go play in the U.S. Mid-Am at Aaron Hills says a lot about where your game was at. So to be able to kind of say, man, this is a great achievement, um, you know, this kind of confirms and validates like all the work that I put in, you know, the and I'm sure you've seen the progress over the years, but. I'm sure there was no, you know, validation quite like that. No, no, not at all. And, <clears throat> and that progress, like you need, I, I feel like I need that validation because that progress goes both ways. Like as, as, as I've gotten better, you know, there's times when I'm pursuing it where, you know, I go backwards Yeah, and, and like, 
I know what I'm doing is kind of the cause of me going backwards. Yeah. But I'm just hoping that once that's then ingrained, you know, I'll go forward. And it seems, you know, every year I've been able to improve, you know, little by little, you know, bit by bit every year. And like, it's, and I keep, I keep a consistent handicap. So like I use that as a gauge, I log every round that I play and just, you know, that, that should give me an idea of like, what's my best handicap? What's the best I'm playing at any given time. Right. Right. But I'm sure after a certain point of beating balls, it's like, okay, well, you know, where, where does this go from here? You know, and to get to that point. So now, now you're you're going to play at the the U.S. Mid Am, right? You're you're getting prepared, and I know I talked to you. What it was like a week out or two weeks out from the from the Mid Am. I, I text you. I'm like, hey, you know, kind of what are the plans? You know, do you have to get a caddy? Like just trying to scoop as much info. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember you told me you were sitting down watching old footage of former U.S. Opens that were played at. Aaron Hills so that you, you were basically scouted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just watched, so it's great. Cause it was what, five years ago, the yeah. U S open was there. I went up there. Um, right. you know, so it was awesome to walk a U.S. open at that course and then know that I was going to play one. So, and I, and I've played Aaron Hills a, a bunch of times outside, you know, okay. probably played it a handful of times. So like I knew the course, but I kind of want to see like how the pros played it. And I've never played a USG event. So I didn't know exactly how their setup is, you know, fast, long, firm, you know, all those things that you always hear about, but you actually want to see, you know, I'm sure I was able to take something away from it. And I knew long was going to be important, especially on Aaron Hills. Um, I didn't realize initially that, you know, when you play a lot of these times, and I guess maybe I'd heard this before, but you know, I thought all of the rounds would be at Aaron Hills. I didn't realize there was going to be two courses up there. Um, so I, you know, I, I knew Aaron Hills and I was watching videos for that, but then probably the next week I was watching all the, the, uh, the overheads of, uh, blue mount, you know, that course, looking at all the overheads of, you know, there, which were completely different than the videos. If I remember correctly. Wow. Wow. So now, okay. So now let's, let's go like a day or two out. You, well, you get there. Let's, let's get to this point. You get there. Right. And I'm assuming you have what multiple practice rounds before your, uh, your final round or your official round on what you kicked off on a Friday or Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. What'd you play? No, two, uh, two practice rounds. Yeah. So it was nice. Um, we were supposed to have weather that week um, and being in our backyard, was fantastic. It was two hours and 20 minutes to get up there. So the way it operated was you were able to arrive at like noon on Wednesday. And they told you this, I got all this information, maybe like a week and a half beforehand, but you're able to arrive at noon on Wednesday. You have to register, you know, there's lunch, they start opening the practice facilities. Um, You know, registrations, you go through this big room and you get all your player credentials and headshots and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, player, player packet, caddy packet, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like it seems like you're checking into a, a big event. Right. Right. Um, so I had it planned out, you know, a, a week, once I got all the itinerary, which was like five pages long, like I planned out hour by hour, you know, when I would go up there. Cause I just wanted to be in some sort of like, I want to have some sort of structure. Yeah. Right. You know, not knowing how to do these things and like, 
you know, make sure that I was eating and not, you know, driving around, like make sure it was all kind of smooth. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, got up there Wednesday, um, went straight to Aaron Hills, practiced, um, could have practiced all day. Um, cause it was just awesome. Like it was just an awesome feeling being there. Yeah. Um, had to take myself off of that, uh, go home, got some sleep. I believe I played Aaron Hills, Thursday for my practice round. Then I played Blue Mound Friday for that practice round. Walked it, you know, just got a feel for the course. Um, what, and then kind of, some, what kind of range balls did they have? The best. I mean, it was. What were they? Bro, and, and I and I knew to ex- I knew to expect this, but like just the feeling of this was awesome. There's all Pro V's. <laughs> you know, it was red bag, black bag. Like you walk up to the range and it's like Pro V ones, Pro V one X over there pick your poison. Here's a nice little bag, you know, take as many as you want, go nuts. Um, and I think I might've told you the coolest thing was like, it's not that like just on the first day, they're all brand new. It's every day. So that's insane. Like every day it's all brand, you know, like all those balls that were used on Wednesday, they didn't, they didn't go back into the rotation. How, How many of those balls made it in your bag? that's not something that I can discuss, but, <laughs> but what I, what I would like, I know why, like going up to the event, um, you know, just watching Tin cup and yeah. watching him talk to Romeo, like these brand new titleists, like throw some of these, you know, right. get enough. If we steal enough shit, maybe we can pay for this fiasco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you'd have to assume, I mean, even the pros are doing it. I mean, you know, guys are for sure taking balls. I, I took a, a two, took a few balls in my bag, but I carried in my practice rounds both day, so I wasn't looking to lumber around a bunch yeah. of range balls. And, yeah, I, and I don't play them either. That's the other thing. I play yeah. the the TPX, the yeah. the TP five yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So so now you're let's you're laying in bed the night before, right? It's Friday night. What are you thinking about? Just everything that you kind of prepared. Um, obviously I'm, I'm sure you're thinking about pin placements and stuff like that. Um, and then you get up and you go out. What was the first tee? Like, was that, you know, if not the most nervous you've ever been, or was it pretty fluid? So far from fluid. Um, like it, like it was the furthest thing from fluid. <laughs> um, no, the night before nothing, you know, like that's the one thing after playing in these events not this particular event, but just playing in events. Like I, I think I've gotten myself to the point where I'm pretty comfortable mm-hmm. like going in events. Like I'm more excited than anything else. Like I like to compete. Right, right. Um, and that's not to say that I don't get nerves. I mean, I certainly get nerves, but compared to 10 years ago, you know, the first time you start playing 10 tournament golf and, you know, you have to put out that two footer, like sometimes it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, and I still get to that point, but before this event, like, no, I was, I felt prepared more than anything. I just wanted to get rest. Like I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, rested up for the next day. Right. Um, and then the first tee, so I teed off on the the back nine at Aaron Hills. So it's it's a perfect tee ball for me. Like it's you know the fairway is probably sixty five yards wide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's up and over a hill, but it's set up for a cut. And, you know, like a high cut for me is like, that's fine. Yeah. It's it my perfect shot to play. <clears throat> but I walked up and, um, like my hands were, my hands were shaking, but I wasn't nervous. It was like just my body just started like yeah. malfunctioning. 
<laughs> like just standing over the ball. I was like, all right, I'm not nervous. Like hit a shot, but like, why are your hands shaking? Like, I don't feel uncomfortable, but like I'm shaking. Right. right. Um, and I, time I hit a ball, high cut. It was probably like 315 down the right center. Like it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, didn't feel like I hit it great or, you know, kind of like a wobbly swing. And after I hit the ball and like, you know, right when you hit it, you know, it's a good one. Yeah. So I knew it was good. I looked up, confirmed it was good. My tee had gone flying forward and it wasn't the last one to tee off, but I was so like jumpy that I just started walking like forward. Like I just hit it, like recoiled and just started like, I didn't even know where I was walking. I just started walking right? because I saw the tee going that way and then it was lost. And I was like, oh, like you're someone else is behind you. Like get back over on the side. Like, yeah. I got a video of it. It's actually hilarious. Like I watched myself and was like, oh yeah, that's how nervous I was. Like, I just, I didn't know where to go, what to do. You were jacked up, man. I mean, the, your, your playing partners might've thought you were doing the, uh, the tiger, like, you know, walk behind where you just, you hit it and then you start watching it and start walking. Yeah. Um, but so you get the first tee out of the way. Um, let's circle, let's, let's jump to the, well, you teed off on what the back you said. Yeah, teed off in the back. So then, what are you through nine on 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 day one? Let's put it a different way. What was I through two on day one? Uh, through two, I was one under. Okay. Through nine, I believe I was eight over. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Some it had to be said something like that. I had to shoot 43 or, or 44 on the front. And I think I, maybe I shot one over on the back. So over, I shot 80, 81, I think. Was that, was that just a particular hole or, you know, was the course playing super tough? No, it, it, I, I think it was just, you know, my game didn't exactly travel. I wasn't, I didn't feel particularly sharp going up there. Like yeah, I felt sharp leading up to the qualifier, but then like with a month, you know, and just trying to prepare for it and, and everything. Like I didn't feel sharp going up there, Yeah. Uh, but I birdied the first, like I, after that, after that drive, birdie, the first hole bar, part of the second, um, you know, and then it, I hit driver the entire time. Like I didn't, I was just going pedal to the metal and I didn't hit it particularly bad, but I didn't hit it great either. Right. Like I was hitting the ball really well. It was just, I was 10 yards off. Right. You know, 15 yards off. Like there's a, maybe two squirrely ones on a day, but, you know, everything was pretty solid, just a little bit in the wrong positions. And then, you know, caught a couple unplayable lies, like, you know. Right. Over, so over the course of, let's just say the first two days, right? Did you notice playing with the guys you were playing with, obviously all playing in the U.S. mid-am? Did you notice a huge difference between those guys and then, you know, the guys that you've played with in CDGA tournaments or even the Flossmore tournament? Like, was there a huge difference? You know, and obviously not all of the guys, right? But like, you know, the the top 10% there. Was there like, can you look over and then say, well, that guy's a stud? Yeah, well, I, you know, I saw, I saw, certainly saw some guys on the range that I, you know, recognized. Um, watching guys hit balls in the short game area, 
was, you know, different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more controlled than you would see generally, but no, I mean, so many of the guys around here are guys that are all capable of qualifying for this event as well. Like, you know, a lot of the guys I've played with are guys that have played in these events. Um, one of the guys I played with over the 36, I think he missed it. He missed uh match play by a stroke. Beautiful game, you know, like in, and certainly things that I was envious in terms of like how he flighted the ball compared to how I flight the ball. But I, I think everyone's kind of unique. I think everyone's good. Yeah. Like very good. And I think all, like all the guys that were there, you know, were capable of shooting very low numbers. It's just a matter of if it shows up then. Right. Right. And maybe I should have worded that different. I'm just, I was just curious if the, if the talent level was like noticeably different or if it was just relatively the same, but a little bit better. You know what I mean? Um, Deeper. It's almost like, like division one, like since I played baseball in college, like, like we played in NAI, like our starting nine, you know, or 10 or 11 guys were great. Yeah. You know, but maybe we didn't have the depth as like a division one program. Like all the guys there could play at a division one program or at least be on a team. Right. Um, but you know, the second half of the the roster isn't like that. So, you know, at the state level, playing in like the state mid-am and stuff like these guys are all fantastic golfers. Like in at the US level, it was very similar. Right. Um I would imagine, <clears throat> you know, like if I was on the range and you know, someone stood out, like I, I would, I would certainly tell you, but as I walked through it, like, I just recognized that everyone was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's exactly what I would expect. Right. So day one wraps up and you're in the clubhouse, you and your caddy, I'm, I'm assuming are, are sitting there kind of talking through your round. Are you satisfied in a way with how your round went? Are you, you know, were you kind of as happy it was over? Did you wish you could, you know, have another shot at it? What were what were you kind of feeling after day one? You know, I think I wanted to tell myself that I was, you know, comfortable with how it all went. And I think that was just trying to control the mindset. Um, I knew if I wanted to get anywhere close to, you know, making match play, I was going to have to shoot a crazy number the next day. So I think I was already in my mind thinking of how to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, not feeling comfortable with my game. Um, but no, I mean, it was, it, it, I, um, for as much as I could have been like upset about how I played, like I actually didn't strike the ball that bad. Like, and that's, that's frankly what we talked about. It was, you know, I wasn't hitting the ball that, that bad. I was just in bad positions. Um, you know, so it very easily could have been, you know, a mid seventies round, um, you know, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Like that, that was the mindset. It was, you know, right. didn't hit it that bad. Maybe I can figure out something and turn it around. Not likely, but at the end of the day, this is awesome. Cause we were sitting on the patio at Aaron Hills, you know, having lunch, watching guys finish up with the USGA flags flying. Right. I was just going to ask that. Did you have to keep reminding yourself like, Hey, let's not, you know, let's not get too, too down on ourselves or, or, or beat ourselves up. Um, but let's enjoy the moment. Let's kind of soak it in into your point earlier. Like, let's just go out there and let it rip. Let's not, you know, leave anything behind. Were you still kind of in that mindset? Yeah. With a, you know, with a side dish of, you know, disappointment. Right. Of course, you know, cause especially starting off the day with a birdie, I was like, okay, like, all right, let's okay. go. <laughs> 
and you know the first hole means nothing you know but uh you know that was a good feeling like that that was a relief early on and then you know i had a bad front um with some things that i would have liked back like you know and definitely would have done differently but i stuck to what i was trying to do so i was i was comfortable in that fact right so now day two do you do you switch anything up do you have a new kind of mindset or are you sticking to your guns and you know or, or did you pull driver less or did you do anything different heading into day two well day two ended up being day three um because we got rained oh, out on yeah. sunday um and then monday i was so i was supposed to have like a twelve forty-five tea time on sunday sunday got rained out then i didn't think we were going to play monday either um so i drove back to the chicago Figured that we'd play Tuesday, figured I'd tee off at around 1245 on Tuesday. I think I got the text at like, I don't know, maybe 1215 on Monday that my tee time would be 545 PM on Monday. Jesus. So I had to drive back up there to make the tee time to play, you know, whatever, three or four holes. Yeah. Knew I was out of it. So for that, I knew I was only going to play like four or five holes that day. And I knew I was going to have to go through four, you know, full warm up. I knew the weather was going to be garbage. Um, so my mindset there was, okay, um, go out here, you know, try to try to, you know, score really quickly. It's soft, you know, yeah. try to do something that, you know, to get your, get yourself back to six or seven over, you know, so that you can play the next day and get fired up and try to play like a great 14 holes of golf yeah, and try to figure it out by then. Went out and teed off on that second round of blue mound, hit driver, did not change strategy. I hit driver the entire, like the entire time, yeah. uh, proceeded to like hook it dead left into the trees, nuked it up into a bunker, like chunked it out of the bunker, you know, onto the green three putted, like doubled right out of the gates at a five fifty five PM, you know, PMT time, right. you know, two and a half hours away after driving back there, <laughs> I think I doubled the next hole part of the next one, part of the next one. And maybe, you know, so I think I had two doubles and the five holes I played, it was like, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. Right. We're, we're done. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. You know, we're out of this. So then well, so now with, with kind of knowing that, were you able to enjoy the, the next 14 holes a little bit differently than, you know, the, the previous, what, 2022? 20, yeah. Well, I, I think I enjoyed all the holes. I think uh, by the time I got in the second, the second round and the third day, you know, so finishing the second round, I already wanted to work on a bunch of stuff. Like yeah. I knew I was out of it. I'm playing golf at a nice course. Like I want to hit shots, try to hit shots, try to change whatever I wanted to change. Um, so like going through that process, I think that was, that was frustrating for me at times, but it was always just kind of going back to like, this is great. Like you're here, experience it, take it, take everything that you can out of it because next time you're going to be a little bit more competitive. Right. Right. So that leads me to my next question. Did you leave there? you know, uh, maybe on the way home. And I'm sure you've had plenty of time to to think about this now, but did you leave there knowing like, Hey, like, well, one, you obviously have some confidence, you know, you could play with those guys, but did you leave there with kind of a sense of like, now I know what to expect next time? 
100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, like my, my, my mindset going up there was to be aggressive and play aggressive and try to shoot like something in the mid sixties. Yeah. Like, cause I know that's one way to do it instead of just plodding around and trying to overthink it and being conservative and taking, you know, conservative swings instead of being aggressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leaving there, like, I know I have to manage the game better, but I also, you know, mechanically wanted to change a few things and, and just flights, uh, of, you know, how to flight the ball a little bit differently. Like I hit the ball really high. I don't think that, you know, will pan out for me over the long term. So like just little things that nuggets that I'm going to take away is to sure. Okay, this is how you stay competitive. Cause you know, my game, like if I go out there and play my game and if I'm, you know, playing like I do here, um, I am, I'm good enough to get into that match play. Right. I'm good enough to do it. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, now just grinding a little bit more. Right. So that the next time, you know, it's, I'm, I'm more, prepared to actually succeed, I guess. Right. And then, you know, once you get into the match play, that that's a whole different game in itself too. Now you're, you know, now you're playing your opponent opposed to opposed to the course and things are a little bit different then, uh, which I'm sure you're very, you know, you, you know, very well. Um, so now, now the tournament wraps up. Do you, do you get anything, uh, an invite or anything like that in 2023 from playing in the, the U.S. Mid-Am? No, nothing. No, nothing. Just, no, a, no. just a thanks. Just a thanks for coming out. Congratulations. It was a great, you know, great thing that you accomplished and good luck trying to do it again next year. I was going to say, ho- hopefully we see you next year. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure they gave you a, a bunch of swag and stuff like that. I think you mentioned, uh, you know, a welcome package and stuff like that. But, um, you know, did you did you get any, you know, did you get the bib or did the caddy take that? Yeah. So the bib, the bibs, a little inside story about the bibs. Um, they are not yours to take. I, I, I was under the impression that they were, um, but they are not yours to take. And, um, no, they, they, uh, they collect those and they, uh, they are very, um, on top of that. Really? Yeah. So I've, I've heard that through, obviously, you know, Ryan French from, uh, Monday qualifier when him and Mark went and played the Barracuda. And Mark went on that run um, and qualified. Ryan stole the bib, and then, like a year later, a year later, like openly tweeted to the Barracuda, the Barracuda, like, "Yeah, you know, I took the bib." And basically, basically <laughs> telling on himself. And the Barracuda was like, you know, obviously he was jokingly, you know, it was all all fun and games via Twitter. But like Ryan's even mentioned that too. Like they look after those bibs; they collect them. You, you legitimately have to like steal it to get it out of there. So I'm not surprised by that at all. Listen, uh, you know, and maybe it was just the, the golf course staff, staff, or I don't know who was involved, but you know, I, I bore witness to, uh, one of the caddies getting chased into the parking lot. Really? To have it, you know, be returned. Wow. Wow. So, and, and that and that's what left the impression on me because I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, like you know, they want those things back for sure. That's crazy. I mean, they obviously can't cost that much. I don't get why they just don't let guys have them. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I, you know, I don't know. But I, I just, I just found it funny because I didn't know, didn't matter. Um, but just you know, right? You know, 
so now that uh, now that you you've gone through that experience, right? And you know you got to play in the the U.S. Mid Am, and what has it been? Two months, a little bit more now, longer than that. Three, yeah, about two months. It was, two months? It was September eleventh. Okay, so you know now you've had some time. Obviously, with with the newborn, I'm sure that's kind of consumed most of you know uh, your thoughts. But just thinking back on it, you know what are what are some key takeaways that kind of you know come to mind when you think about man, you know, what a, just a great experience. What a, what a journey, what 2022 for you, I'm sure had to be insane. The year was great. It was just, it seems like just another year, like in the progression and, and for whatever reason, I like this progression of, you know, trying to improve every year because, and strictly because it's continued to happen. You know, I was playing, you know, low level local events, you know, 10 years ago, and I've now made it to a national event and now getting a taste of that. Um, you know, Michael Fassard was telling me, he's like, that's the only place you'll ever want to play now. Like once you do it, that's, that's all you're going to want to do. And it's, it's totally true. Like just the USGA, you know, the prestige of their events, but like, I like competing against great players and they organize just fantastic events at great places. Um, you know, and they do it just so, you know, so well, in my opinion, but obviously I, I have nothing to compare it to. Um, maybe the Illinois Open, but I enjoy the Illinois Open too. But you know, the US Mid Am was way cooler for me. Yeah. Would you would you kind of chalk it up um in a way like as you know, you laid a bunch of good bricks this year or stones to kind of um build on for the future and take that experience and say, okay, well. Now I've, I've experienced it's, it's over. I know what I need to do to get back, you know, and then from there, I'm assuming there's a, there's some type of game plan. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, so definitely, you know, I think I learned a lot of things and I, you know, I think that I'll be able to take those things moving forward, but I don't really know. Like I still hit a ton of terrible shots all the time, you know, <laughs> like, so <laughs> <laughs> your terrible shots and my terrible shots are very different. So I'm I'm sure your shots are, you know, very you're just hitting tighter terrible shots. Our terrible shots are are much wider. If my bad ones are still really bad. Um so you know, I I don't know. I, I think it would be too much to expect that I would get into more of these events, but you know, just as I've gone through this and gotten better every year, like I would expect that I'm going to get, continue to get better. Do I exactly know what I'm doing? Probably not, yeah. but I'm sure the the things that I took away from that experience, you know, just like the first time I played in the state amateur, the first time I played in the mid amateur, first time I played in the Illinois open, like you just, you take things away from those, you become more comfortable. And then, you know, maybe I don't need to know more, have a game plan. I'll just kind of, have picked those things up and will just improve. Right. Right. Well, and so that brings me to a good point. So in 2023, are you targeting more, more tournaments to play in necessarily, or are you still obviously going to play in the, in the same, you know, um, stadium tournaments and I 80 and stuff like that? Or are you kind of going to go out of your way and make it a point to play in more tournament golf to kind of get, you know, you know, potentially back to the, the U S mid. Yeah. So I, it's, you know, it's funny you say that. Cause I think, 
I think I probably can't play more events. I think if anything, just, you know, as the family continues to grow, it's always going to go backwards. Um, right. You know, I, I thought maybe I would just, you know, focus on big events, but like, who am I to just focus on big events? And then, you know, then you don't get to play in all the other events because why you're focusing on those. And what if you focus on those and just do miserably in them, you're right. wasting all those opportunities to, to play and compete and be sharp and, and win prestigious things. Like, you know, the U S mid amateur is such a, a long shot of doing anything in it, but you know, like being highly competitive in the state amateur, the Illinois amateur is, is definitely something that's on my target. But I think, I think the goal for next year more than anything is, and just going forward is to be exempt into a, more events. You know, I've been exempt into several events over the years where I qualified based on the play before, you know, the year before. Yeah. But I think more than anything moving forward, I just want to be exempt into as many events as I can be, you know, so that means not only continually to qualify for them this year, but then once I get in them, do well enough to where I don't even have to qualify the next year. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's another, that's another uh, way of, of, I guess, confirming like, Hey, my play is steadily getting better if i'm if i'm playing well in these tournaments you know next year getting the exemption so forth and so on you're just you're kind of building you know these these little stones and, and you're just piling them up piling them up piling them up and then you know to your point who knows where it's going to take you like i i kind of you know i'm i'm envious of that mindset to where like you know you it, it seems like you don't really put a ton of stress on yourself you you kind of just let it let it play how it's going to play out. If it happens, it happens. Obviously, I'm sure you do a lot more planning than that, and it's a little bit more structured. But it doesn't seem like you you beat yourself up on small things, is what I'm getting at. Which wasn't always the case. Yeah, like, well, like that, that was never always the case. And now, you know, like you know, with a family, like there's there's much greater perspective. Like I'm not a professional golfer by any right. means. Right. Um, I love it. I'm definitely passionate about it. Um, but yeah, 10 years ago, I'd beat myself up, you know, about hitting a bad shot. But yeah, why? And it's it, and it's not, it, you know, it is so much between your between your ears. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's that's not how I want to play anymore. And that's not enjoyable, really. It's not. And, you know, coming from a former kind of hothead, um, <laughs> you know, up until probably three years ago, just. I feel you. Um, the game wasn't enjoyable. I wasn't enjoyable to play with. Totally understand what you're what you're saying there. Um, and even in the last couple of years, I've noticed even with a bad round, as long as I go out and enjoy the time, like me and you played what Sony Creek two weeks ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't swung a club in two months, but you even said like you would think that this is your first time out this year because you're just so happy. Yeah. And that's how I wish I could play golf all the time. Now it would be a, a lie if I told you that was the case, but I would like to get to that point to where it's like, you know, just go hit shots and, and go and enjoy yourself and, and don't worry so much about the score. Obviously we're comparing apples and oranges. I mean, you're playing competitive golf and I'm just playing, you know, recreational, but um, I think there's definitely a, a similar correlation there. Um, looking back on, your time spent 
at at Aaron Hills and playing in the U.S. Mid-Am. Where would you say that ranks in terms of like your amateur career? Is that is that the top of the top? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're putting um, <clears throat> a resume out, right? Yeah. Like that's right. that's the only thing that I think you know anyone would care about. Right. Uh, winning the club championship at Calumet in seventeen was was probably the peak before then. Yeah. Because um, we had such good players at that club, like it was a great club, and that was like you know the first time it felt like okay, like you know I can I can play with the better players. Yeah. You know, around year. Of course, it was five years ago, but yeah. Now, now get into to a USG event, and it, Tom, it could be the only one I ever play. You know, yeah, it, it certainly could be. But you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it's not right. Right. And that's yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. That that perspective right there. I like that. I mean, you never know what you know tomorrow or the next day or the next week could bring you. But the biggest thing is you played in it. You enjoyed it. You got to experience it, you know. I'm, I'm, it's it's something that a very few people will ever do in their life. So um, we were all rooting for you. Obviously, um, I remember not reaching out to you specifically for like three days afterwards because I'm like, I just I kind of want to let him, you know, even if he is mad, kind of let him, you know, uh, decompress, but also soak it in because I know I talked to you prior to, and you were just like. I wouldn't say anxious, but you were hungry. You even said, I'm hungry. And that was when you were watching the the US Open videos. But you could tell you were jacked up. And then I remember, you know, talking to you. I'm like, Kyle, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for you. Like, because <laughs> you were jacking me up. It was just awesome. And I'm assuming that's what a lot that's a lot of what you felt throughout that whole week. Yeah. Yeah. one hundred percent. Um, and that's to your point about like people being interested. And something that I did, like so many people reached out and, you know, if anything, like the, the second round, like I was just bad at bashing the ball around, like didn't care, knew I was out of it. But if anything, and I think I might've told you this, like, I wish I would have cared about the score a little bit more just so it was a better showing for the people that did care. Like it didn't even cross my mind because, you know, I've, I've had so many bad rounds, you know, in events that I've qualified for where I was in contention where nobody's the wiser, like nobody knows, you know, and I go home and I deal with, you know, the repercussions of that bad round, but it's in silence. But now for someone to like actually see it, know it, and then see like how the result was, uh, you know, that, uh, that, I think that was probably like the biggest disappointment was like, man, I kind of wish I would have, you know, just put up a better score just for the people that were actually paying attention. Cause that's, that was super cool. Like, that's a cool thing. It is. It's a great thing. And, you know, there was a lot of uh, people rooting for you. We're all, we're going to be rooting for you no matter what. I mean, you're, I'm telling you, your, your score did not matter. Um, it was just, we were so happy to to be able to support and, you know, see your name there and, and see what you're going through. And then obviously to, to catch up with you afterwards and then say, Hey man, we got to talk about this on the podcast because this is just such a great story. Um, but no, we, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate your time. Um, you know, it's been a great ride and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. That's the hope. That's the plan. I'll, uh, I'll get you some of those, those range balls when I get a chance. <laughs> My man. All right, Kyle. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Tom. All right. See you, buddy. See you. All right, folks. Welcome back, Rob. What a hell of an interview that was with Kyle. Um, I told you just 
it's incredible to to hear that perspective. He obviously learned a ton playing in that, and oh, sure. he, he can't wait to get back. But Kyle, thanks for coming on uh, once again. Uh, Rob, we're going to jump right in to the top three. Are you ready for the top three? I'm ready for the top three. All right, let's hear it. All right, so, man, you know, <laughs> not being able to play – sucks right um whether it's an injury or now the weather or whatnot so i i keep on you know god i find myself like looking at sales especially with black friday you know a cyber monday been paying attention to all that stuff i even i haven't for some reason i've gotten onto like facebook market now just to check to see what's out there right so it got me thinking what are are three things you're looking to purchase for your uh upcoming season for next year i like this rob big big deals guy big deals big deals guy actually i already made a couple deals really Uh, oh yeah okay oh yeah um i couldn't i couldn't let the travis matthews um deals pass okay um specifically their shorts because i have their pants Mm -hmm. you know we went through this whole saga sure Sure. fuck you lululemon yep um Travis Matthew pants are literally the best pants I've ever worn. Uh, not only for golf, but I wear them to work. Um, they're just great all around. Anyways, so when their shorts went on sale, they're typically like, you know, 70 bucks. The shorts were basically 60% off. I think a pair was like 32 bucks. So, oh, really? Yeah, I copped a couple pairs of those. Um, and then, um, you know, we do like a family grab bag and stuff like that. And my my request every year is just golf balls. Sure. So, you know, because I figure I don't have to really buy golf balls until like the middle of summer. Sure. If, you know, depending on how I'm playing or regardless. But, yeah, I just load up on Pro V1s or Pro V1Xs um, or anything really and just load the bag up, load the garage up. Um, so... Yeah, I I would say three of the shorts, two balls, and then number one, I've been looking, Rob, for I don't know, probably two months for a new pair of golf uh, spikes. Ah, there you go. And I keep and I keep searching for the uh, the the T, uh, TW twelves or fourteens. I always forget which year uh, on eBay, as I do every yep. year. Right. Um, still can't find them. Pretty sure uh, they have thirteens, but yeah. Yeah, but. You know, that that's what I'm looking. I just I don't I don't understand. It it kind of drives me nuts the the whole golf shoe thing. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of nice like athletic shoes out there that golf companies could simply just slap a pair of spikes on. But I feel like they overthink the golf the golf shoe and they try to do too much with them. Sure. With colors and yep and, and fucking the turnbuckles and all this other nonsense. Like just put out a clean looking shoe. That's all I ask, Rob. <laughs> so I would say golf spikes number one. How about you? There you go. Um, yeah, I, you know it was. I don't. I don't need new clubs. I. I don't need new clubs. No but shit. I, I. I've been finding myself like you know, especially on the forums. Like you know, they're talking about the new six ninety nines coming out in January, stuff like that. Um, but no. Uh, I think number one or not number one, number three would be um golf balls for sure. Definitely want to look for deals for that. Um, gift cards, obviously, for Christmas. Send them my way because I'll easily just go stack up on those balls. Um, two, two. I am I'm in the market for a new putter. I want to uh, 
I do want to move on to something. Whether really? that, yeah, I don't know. The Sky Cabin Phantoms got me like really. That's the, what I find myself looking for the most on like the marketplace or eBay or whatever, you know. Um, so that's number two for sure. Been been one of the guys that used to that plays on a tour. He had the uh, he had the new one this past summer and. Just like it was great sight line, everything. I felt like the spider, but a little bit heavier, and I like that. Uh, so that's the number two right now. So I'm gonna put that on my Christmas list for uh, Katie. And the number one would be golf shoes. I got my eye on some Jordans dropping pretty soon, so that would be my uh, number one right now. So another th- well, two questions: Do you have a, a specific putter you're targeting? You said spider. Is that the one you're going after, or no, the Phantom? I think it's oh. the Phantom. Okay. Uh, Scotty Cameron. I, th- I think that's what it's called. The, I think it's the 5.5 with the. Are with you the, one of those guys that has to have a Scotty Cameron? I have Scotty Camerons. I just. No, I, I know, but like you wouldn't. What I'm saying is like you can't replace your Scotty Cameron with like an Odyssey. Like you need to continue on with Scotty Cam. Yeah, I, w- I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the spider right now is in the bag, but I would I would like to get back to playing a Scotty. Ah, I, it okay. might be just uh, a mental thing or just the way I like how it looks, but yeah, I would like to find a Scotty that felt like a, a you know, like the spider with a mallet where it was balanced and not, um, you know, cause that the mid mallet I have, I like it, but sometimes I feel that the shorter putts, it just, it's, it doesn't, the lineup isn't right. So yeah, I've been, I, that's, that's like my big wish list this off season. Okay. And then, so the other thing about the shoes, like, I know you're a guy that obviously you rep like the, the low air Jordan, whatever ones, I think they yeah, are the ones. Yep. Like those don't have any traction on them. Right. Uh, but like it, you know, it's funny. Cause I find myself like really looking at like females and I, I feel like he, his are different where it's like, he gets obviously probably special custom say, ones yeah. because his, his spikes, you, you could see the traction on his, Right, like right. the ones that are for the public, the right. ones, um, yeah, they're not very, it's almost like you're wearing your gym shoe pretty much. So that's part of the yeah. other issue I have with these, these new golf spikes that they seem to come out with when they're just like, yeah, this is a golf shoe. And I look at the bottom of it and I'm like, that's not a golf shoe. Yeah. Like, right. You know, and I'm not looking for, you know, like the replaceable cleat on like a shoe like that, but, sure. but give me something to yeah. wear with you know, I'm not slipping out of like a wet box on an early morning. No, exactly. And that's, you know, that's one of the, one of the things I find. That's what I'm like, the 12s that are coming out, those are the ones I want to get. And they have full spikes on the bottom and traction. So we'll see. But um, that's the top list right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's a good list. Um, And we'll dive more into probably more Christmas lists as we continue throughout the December month. But until next time, Rob, we'll, uh, we'll see you in the fairway, big guy. See you in the fairway, Tom. See you, buddy.